Hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Student Life Podcast. Before we start the conversation, I have to update you on the Energizer event. Our lockdown has been extended once again. Public spaces have to stay closed and this includes the location of the Energizer event. We had to postpone the event and it's now planned for Saturday the 24th of April. You can find all the information of the event, our epic workshop and Energizer talk schedule and a ticket sale on vancancoaching.com slash the-energizer-event or just find the link in the description of this podcast. Now, I've been super excited about this episode. It's been a long time coming, but finally you can enjoy the conversation I had with Bela Bellissima on pronouns. Bela also has their own podcast named Queering the Perspective, so be sure to check this out if you want to know more about Bela and their perspective on life as a non-binary person. If you're also struggling through a lockdown or with anything else in your life, be sure to join the Student Life community on Instagram and always feel free to send me a DM if you're looking for some extra support, free exercises and tools, or just to have a chat. That is at student underscore life underscore coaching. Enjoy this amazing conversation I had with Bela about pronouns and what steps we still have to take to create this all-inclusive society we dream of. Stay healthy, stay safe, and let's get that pronouns awareness going. It's yep. a burden that I usually carry with me for my whole life, like needing to explain this over and over again. Other people doing that for me allows me to focus on what I actually want to do. Yeah, you're not going to walk into the street and say, hey, Kelly, I guess. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's also, I think, one of the reasons why within the transgender and the gender non-conforming community, you see such high rates of suicide and rates of mental illness. You are listening to the Student Life Podcast. I am Katinka van Kan, a student life coach, and in this podcast I discuss different topics and challenges around life as a student. And I do this with students, teachers, and other professionals. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Student Life Podcast. This Student Life Podcast, we will talk about pronouns. What are they? Why is it important to use pronouns? And is it important to mention them? With me today to talk about pronouns is Bela. Welcome, Bela. Hello. Nice to be here. Yeah. And before we go into our conversation, what should we know about you? Well, I am 22 years old. I am from Berlin, from Germany, and now I've been studying in Maastricht for the last three years. And yeah, I'm non-binary. All right. So we're going to have a conversation about pronouns. Why does this topic interest you so much? Well, when I when I first started transitioning into being non-binary, for me, using they, them pronouns was a really big step to manifest this identity. Yeah. And I think it just gave me a lot of structure and a lot of sort of guidance into finding out who I am and to configure myself like outside the binary gender structure and also within the gender binary structure because I don't identify with male or female like I don't identify with both I identify with both and neither yeah right okay so let's take it back a step let's start with the pronouns uh, can you tell me what are they so I guess pronouns are just in our grammar structure the, the way we address people so you have usually female pronouns and male pronouns and then when people are born, they're assigned female or male at birth. And from then onwards, you will always be addressed in the female manner or in the male manner. So that is she, her and he, him. Exactly. Those are basically the options that we get, right? Yeah, <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> that's it. So then there's also they, them. Yeah. 
So what do these pronouns mean? So they, them is just the gender neutral form that applies to everyone that doesn't identify with the binary gender pronouns of he, him and she, her. And I mean, I guess also they, them is the plural form. So you can address a group of people also like yeah, they are going to the supermarket. They are going on a travel. I went with them to grab a coffee. So I guess from this yeah, plural form, now this the singular was derived to describe also uh, one person. And I can imagine that for some people that takes some getting used to. Um, I actually know quite a lot of people uh, that identify as they, them or use they, them. So got very used to it in English. In Dutch, not so much. So I don't know, you're from Germany. How does that work in German? Yeah, it's very similar. It's really still such a struggle because there is no gender neutral pronoun. And in the language, it's also very much not foreseen for yeah. there to be a gender neutral pronoun so what now is happening is that people are sort of introducing their own gender neutral pronouns and then there's like 20 different variations and i feel like the non-binary trans community hasn't really agreed on one because right, there's yeah. just not this one archetype as in Eng as in english which works quite well and which also makes sense in the grammatical structure so that's a s that's quite a struggle still and everyone every non-binary person does it a little or gender non-conforming person does it a little bit different so very much a development thing i kind of feel like if we look in just the world or the way that we live that this is getting more and more known and accepted as well i'm not saying that there's not a long way to go but if we talk about gender fluidity it's very obvious if you see or it can be very obvious if you see somebody you know but maybe language is going behind in that development you feel like that i mean i always think language is changing language is evolving if we think about how people spoke 100 years ago yeah. 200 years ago <laughs> if we read books from this time yeah, it's old english completely <laughs> different exactly every year there's new words added to the dictionaries there's new way of talking there's new abbreviations so i think it's always changing but i think in with something such as like gender neutrality it is reflected that also society is very hesitant towards this change yeah. and not very embrace embraceable of it but i do think that it's always an interplay you know like language follows society and society follows language yeah, exactly. so yeah. it's a yeah it's reciprocal in that regard so we're in the middle of that development right now yeah but like i said long way to go <laughs> right we're working on it so why do we use pronouns? I mean, obviously it's a language thing, but it's also used on forms, right? You always have to say, even mm. even when you fill in like an online form or it doesn't mm. matter how small it is, there's always pronouns there. If you get a package in the mail, it's always, they ask like, okay, is it Mr. or Mrs. and what's your name? And I only usually see those two op options, right? Yeah. So why do we have to use that? I guess this binary structure of gender is so ingrained in our understanding of people and of society mm -hmm. and the fact that you know when a baby is born the first question that's asked is if it's a boy or a girl and yeah. that already then that question or that answer to the question predetermines the whole life of this baby into one track or the other because it then also is perpetuated all the time like you said when filling out a form for instance it's always like male or female and what does it mean to be male what does it mean to be female like 
there's two archetypes but i couldn't recall anyone that fulfills exactly this archetype also this archetype depends on the historical context it depends on the social context it depends on everything i always think it's a very um how to say like abstract idea like who came up with this idea that there's only two kinds of people and that we have to know yeah. For some reason, we have to know, right? Mm. And I kind of feel, obviously, uh, I've, I've been very excited to record this episode with you. We've been talking a lot about these uh, these subjects. Mm. But I also feel like with this, with this structure, we are always set up for assumptions and yeah. set up for stereotyping and racism and all the, all the bad isn't things, right? Because what else is going to come from that? Yeah, I mean, I guess this is... Yeah, this is the huge problem with it, that the second that you see someone, you immediately categorize them as being female or being male, and then already you associate certain character traits with them. Yeah. If you're like, oh, yeah, it's a female, oh, yeah, then that person is emotionally intelligent, but probably not as physically strong, but super kind, super loving. If someone's male, then, oh, yeah, that person must be very, like, maybe stubborn, very, like, aggressive and all these stereotypes are usually i think in most of the time toxic because it's it's it doesn't do justice to people and to people's personal character and it also like i think it makes us less unique and i firmly believe that human beings are very unique and that's also where i think that gen like everyone has their own gender you know there's not just two genders but there's an infinity of gender and if you just put people in the in this box, then you also don't leave any room for personal development. Yeah, straight away. I always see us as like little stars that are born and straight away it's like, cut out all those rays, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and these are the, the options that you get. On the other hand, it does. it is something that we as human beings kind of need. We need to identify as part of either a group or not part of a group. Or like you said, having the they, them pronouns did help me out with identifying who I am. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, maybe two or three is a bit too limiting, two or three options. So it's not common to use pronouns yet, right? Or it's not as common maybe as it should be. Why do you think that is? Gender neutral pronouns, I think, yeah, have been introduced quite recently. Although gender non-conforming people have existed forever. When you look at like First Nations, when you look at indigenous people, this idea of two-spirited people was always present. And in many other societies throughout history, there have always been gender non-conforming people, transgender people. And the idea is not very new. It's just that, especially through colonialism, this Western white idea of the gender binary was introduced globally. Yeah. And everything that falls out of the binary was extremely violently oppressed. So I think thereby sort of the history of the last two, three, four centuries have been has been cisgender. And the yeah. way we write history is also cisgender. When we look at our icons, our historic icons, it's always cisgender people and the struggles and the achievements of transgender people in whichever movement, be it the civil rights movement, be it the LGBTQIA plus movement, always the actions of the transgender people have been erased or the actions of people that are non gender non-conforming. And so I think in that sense, people haven't learned that there is something outside of the gender binary. And I think now we're seeing a really big movement and people acknowledging this fact and and thereby the pronouns are introduced slowly yeah but yeah i think this is also 
an effort that is has been constantly fought against also because like I always call it a cisgender normalcy, you know, like this is your basic assumption. This is also how society functions, you know, this is like this is how you uphold the status quo by thinking, okay, there's two kinds of cisgender people. That's it simply. Yeah. You know, this is how you have restore order, you know, trying to not let people develop too uniquely and too resiliently. Yeah, and I also told you just in the chat we had before recording that um, I put my pronouns on my on Facebook now which is something I've been wanting to do for a long time, but just never took the enormous effort to do it, which <laughs> is like two seconds <laughs> two clicks. To, yeah, to add it in your bio. And that's also because in a way I don't have to, right? I go by she, uh, her, and was born assigned to those pronouns. So I have the luxury of assumption. Nobody's ever going to be wrong with that. Uh, so that's why for me personally, yeah, I don't need to put my pronouns there. Right. But I also feel like I do need to put my pronouns there because we need to normalize this, right? Why is it so important for people to say, hey, I'm Katinka, I go by she, her. If that would just be the way that we would introduce ourselves, that would be amazing, right? Yeah, I completely <laughs> agree. Yeah, that's a really important thing. And uh, I think it really reflects on the issue of allyship and the question of how you support people in their struggles. Because transgender people and gender non-conforming people do struggle with so much because they are just not envisioned in the societal infrastructure that we have. Yeah. One of those being language. And when you do put pronouns in your bio, you make this issue or this debate, which shouldn't even be a debate because it's just about human dignity, yeah. but it puts this debate on the forefront on people's mind. And it reminds them that it's not an assumption, you know? that it needs to be stated in order to be true, that you can't just tell someone, oh, hi, female person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It takes away the agency from this person. And it's also, yeah, it's not very respectful, I find. So I think it's very important for cisgender people to put their pronouns. And also, yeah, it just, I think it makes it easier for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So what does that mean that it's not norm normal? Obviously, for you, identifying as gender fluid and going by they, them, you have the experience. I know about it. I, I see it with a lot of friends, so I kind of have like the secondhand experience, <laughs> uh, but obviously not personally. So can you tell me a bit more about that? What does it mean that using pronouns and putting pronouns on things ourselves, right? So not, not on forms, because they're there. Not all of them yet, but <laughs> they're there. What does that mean that it's not normalized yet? It not being normalized means that you're being mistreated a lot of the times, that you're being misgendered and therefore also it's an act of violence. Maybe like it's not physical act of violence, but it's a discursive act of violence and it's an indirect act of violence to constantly be perceived as someone that you're not. And then it creates this dissonance of oh, but I am a gender-neutral, gender-nonconforming, gender-fluid person, gender-queer person, but this person perceives me as a female, as a male. And then you have the dissonance between the internal identity and the external perception of identity, yeah. which I think can be very harmful. And that's also, I think, one of the reasons why within the transgender and the gender-nonconforming community you see such high rates of suicide and rates of mental illness and just and depression and a lot of, yeah... That's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I really get it. I think it has a way bigger impact than we realize, and people in society especially realizes, because um, 
I know there's a lot of people who are very accepting, but still it's not that normalized. But for me, not having she, her on my Facebook until this morning, that does mean that I'm still not helping enough by normalizing yeah. it, right? Because also needing to conform into one of, needing to confine yourself into one of the two categories means also erasing your identity. Yeah. And I think this erasure is also a very common theme within the transgender and non gender non-conforming community that you're not allowed to exist. You're not allowed to exist on your own terms, but rather you need to fit into some box that was pre-drafted for you at birth or through your socialization, through your education. And this sense of ownership over your own self, this sense of pride, this sense of empowerment through who you are is being taken away when you don't have this third box. And when also people don't support you in being accepted as this third entity. Yeah. Yeah, so if we talk about education, you mentioned it now, the university. You study here in Maastricht. Is there enough being done to have this normalized within the academic system? Definitely not. I think we are at the very, very, very start of it. I think now in the inner city library, for example, there's one gender neutral toilet. And I know at one faculty at the University College of Maastricht, I think all of the toilets are gender neutral. <laughs> but at other faculties, I know that it's still extremely gendered. And also only, I think, in 2020, the option to add your pronouns to your bio on the student portal was introduced, which okay. I think is a major step. So now whenever I'm in a tutorial, my name shows as Bela, they, them. And so I that already avoids misgendering from the start yeah. when there is like introductions by tutor. So I think that's that's one part of it. And I think it's starting slowly, but it doesn't receive the attention that it should have. And also now in this new period that started just in February, I had one experience with a tutor who asked me, it was really outrageous, but he asked me, what does the they them mean behind your name? And oh, I was right, just yeah. like, are you living, like, where are you living? Like, yeah. on what planet are you living? And it was, um, it was a tutor from my faculty. I don't want to, I don't want to tell his name, but yeah, I just found it extremely violent to ask me this kind of question and to yeah. not, to not be informed about it. And also the fact that the university doesn't inform about this and also, um, send makes it a sensitive issue and you could, because there are so many resources out there. There are s yeah. there is so much knowledge out there and you could easily do a seminar for all the tutors that is mandatory on how to treat gender neutral for gender non-conforming and transgender students. Yeah, because you they did make a huge change. Like for you to be able to have your pronouns there, I think that's an amazing step. But if then you're only changing the system and not the people within it or not not it's, it's not even changing like having that awareness because i bet that this tutor probably didn't mean anything bad about it but yeah. for somebody to not know at all what it is and ask a question like that that shows that there's a lot more work to do <laughs> i guess definitely i think being sensible towards this issue is still something that needs to be worked on and i think this is for for the classroom environment especially important that everyone knows about it it's the same with like doing anti-racism trainings for all the tutors mm. and for all the students when they start university to just be sensitive towards what towards racialization in the classroom i think that also happens a lot and doing these trainings doing these like educational um 
these educational trainings just helps the students that are racialized or that are gender non-conforming or transgender to be more comfortable with themselves and also improves their learning experience right because you don't have these issues of stigmatization and then internalized racism internalized transphobia bombarded onto you i mean especially if you are studying on a faculty for arts and culture yeah then you would kind of <laughs> expect the teachers and tutors to at least know about pronouns uh, and I, I really believe that that shows a bigger issue. Obviously, I work with students a lot, and I always say university is a mini version of society. So uh, university, it's a very big scene, especially in our Maastricht, very international. There's a lot happening there. But it's kind of like a, a bubble that we create, which is supposed to prepare you for society. But it also shows yeah. within university, it's still quite safe and, and relatively small society. So you can make these changes but it also shows that when you go into society, the problems are going to be way bigger. So if you have a, a tutor now uh, in a faculty like arts and culture that asks you what, what does they them behind your name mean, can you imagine what is happening in society or not happening there yet? Yeah, that's very important to realize that I think the university should be a space where this is unquestioned. Of course, university is also a very privileged space. Not everyone mm. can afford to go to university. Not everyone has a level of education. But I think that's why, particularly in university, these topics need to be addressed and put forward so that it also becomes normalized in society in general. And I think this is also about, for example, how you talk, like in, in academia in general, like how you talk about authors, the fact that you don't have any pronouns on articles, for example, on yeah. journal articles, on books you don't know who you're talking about and many times i've i have found myself in in um, discussions talking about authors and just assuming that this would be a male that's so common I, I think up until the end of my first year i didn't even question it it was just like yeah all, all the authors are male which reflects the patriarchal perception of our society that yeah, everything is generically <laughs> masculine or most things and that also when authors identify as um, gender non-conforming or transgender, such as Judith Butler, for example, you don't have any way of knowing, you know, like yeah. unless you really research and know the person. Give it googs. Exactly. But <laughs> Lose yourself into YouTube and then you'll figure it out. <laughs> but why is there not why is there not an option like that on Google Scholar, for example, to just see pronouns, he, him, she, her, because also still when you when you look at them you maybe see a picture but that also doesn't say anything yeah. right like then you're doing again an assumption based on physical appearance yeah definitely so we kind of got into the challenges and everything there still is to do for all of us what would be the first change that you would make let's start with university now what do you think would be a step that they could take to really get this going get pronouns normalized i think like I mentioned before, having an awareness training in the introduction week, I think, would be extremely crucial in doing this at all faculties, not just the social science and humanities faculties, because gender non-conforming and transgender people are not just studying at yeah. social sciences and humanities faculties, but also in psychology, but also in law, but also in business. So I think making this mandatory for all students as part of their introduction to university as well as other issues such as consent, such as racism or anti-racism, I think is really, really important to foster a safe environment for 
our students. And then I think another thing is to give resources to those people who work within the field of diversity and inclusion. I know that there is a diversity and inclusion department at UM, but it was also founded, I think, not too long ago compared to other departments of the yeah. faculty. And I think what needs to happen is to have resources put into these kind of departments and to support student organizations such as UM Pride, which yeah, is part of the university, or other organizations such as Dionyx, like queer organizations that are raising awareness about this and that resources are allocated towards these kind of student organizations. Because let's face it, universities are institutions with a lot of money, with a oh. lot of resources, and... I think it's just a question who has access to these resources and that's of course that can be changed and you can determine who gets which amount of money and if that's like student associations that are mainly concerned with throwing parties and like drinking mm -hmm. or if that is student organizations that are actually working to increase the well-being of the student population of people that are non con not conforming to the status quo or are marginalized, discriminated against due to certain um, identity characteristics of theirs. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% uh, agree with you. There's, well, not, not on this podcast, but, you know, as a part of Student Radio Maastricht, there's been a lot of talk around this. Uh, if we don't talk specifically about Maastricht University and how, where the money goes to. And I 100% believe that the university always has the best interests of the students there. But it's still money and it's still a business as well and also there's a lot of donations going into universities and the people that give this money usually want something happening with that and i can imagine pronouns not being the number one topic on that agenda but it's very important because it goes about more than that right it's about more than just openly showing who you are it's really about mental health it influences that so much which also you will directly see in stu study results and just mm -hmm. the opportunity for a student to develop themselves learn in a safe environment and then yeah be an amazing professional after three four or five years exactly and it's also about redistributive justice right because yeah. in university we talk a lot about like changing the world making it a better and safer place for everyone but doing this hands-on already at university i think is much more important you know yeah absolutely yeah because after that everybody that comes from university is going to go into society so if you take that with you then naturally and obviously it's going to take a few years but i think naturally it will be normalized in society as well after that because there's a lot of work to do but that's really step one even before that like high schools elementary schools right i think there's a lot to, to do there as well yeah, so what opportunities would open up for students or maybe people in general or teachers as well, because they're also part of the university, if, let's say, ideal world pronouns are normalized? What would be the biggest changes for the people within this academic system? I think within the academic system, but also in general, it just makes it easier for people to experiment and to be curious about their own identity and to explore and question this identity that they have been pressed into for their lives and to just normalize a life outside of the binary and just questioning structures in general and also just very basically showing respect showing a sense of human dignity 
which I think is also for teachers important if like I mean if teachers are gender non-conforming I'm, I imagine that also being a huge challenge or if teachers are transgender if pronouns would be normalized it would not be an issue they would have to be they would have to explain every time over and over and over again and justify themselves and being asked all these questions that we're constantly being asked because people can't be bothered to educate themselves yeah. so I think if that basic education would be there I think it would do a lot of good for everyone within the community. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, as a person, or maybe s somebody that's listening, but let's uh, let's talk <laughs> about me. I'm a student life coach. I am uh, part of a um, student organization as well, or a nonprofit organization. Uh, I'm also a person living here in Maastricht. What can I do personally? I think within your profession, what you can do is to empower people and to empower particularly marginalized communities and to give them a voice to amplify their voices and to just make it normal. It's a part of it, this yeah. normalization process that also you're doing now having like having me talking to you. I think I am I'm very happy to be to have this platform to also possibly reach people out there and to say hey you don't have to be male you don't have to be female and it's not your fault you know the fact that transphobia exists is not the fault of trans people but it's the f it's the fault of this of a system that's based on a cisgender binary and to just encourage people to pursue their authentic representation of their themselves and i think bringing these issues to the forefront over and over and over again showing up for these people and giving them a platform is one of the most important things and i think then something else is this normalization process also with putting your pronouns in your bio on facebook and on instagram and also just in every conversation asking someone hey what's your name and what are your pronouns by the way yeah. and just just as much as you don't assume someone's name you also shouldn't assume someone's pronouns yeah you're not gonna walk into the street and say hey kelly i guess Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be you look like a Tom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That would be ridiculous, but it shows how arbitrary it is, you know, to yeah. just assume something. And of course, maybe a lot of times you are right with your assumptions and you're like, but why should I even ask? But maybe then every once in, I don't know, every 10th person, every 20th person you meet is actually telling you something that you didn't expect. And then for that person, it's a huge step of like being asked this question. I, every time someone asks me, like, what are your pronouns? And I can say it without sort of me needing to say it, you know, without yeah. needing to explain it in a later point of the conversation when I'm being misgendered to be like, actually, I'm not going by these pronouns. I think that's a huge step. And I think that's very empowering to people. So just a question that comes up for me now. Let's say that we were somewhere and some of my friends would come over and they would not be sure what your pronouns will be because this is what usually happens, right? They would go to me and say, yo, what's up with Bela? How, <laughs> do, how do I approach this person? <laughs> would you rather have me tell them you go by they, them? Or would you rather have me say, uh, I don't know, go ask? I think definitely the first one. I think that's a huge part of allyship and also regarding the question of what to do is to just to understand yourself as being together in this struggle against transphobia and against like the cis normalcy and to just constantly educate people about the topic be it from like an intellectual perspective or be it from a per from a very personal perspective when i'm for example not in the room and someone talks about me in a way that doesn't respect my pronouns then i think if you are in this case able to say hey actually 
Bela is genderqueer, Bela goes by they, them pronouns. That's a huge mental and emotional labor that you take off my shoulder. It's yeah. a burden that I usually carry with me from my whole life, like needing to explain this over and over again, being, as I said, confronted with the same questions over and over again. Other people doing that for me allows me to focus on what I actually want to do because I don't want to go around my whole life explaining my identity. Exactly. It's not your job yeah. to make the whole society aware exactly. of Exactly. I have my life. work, I have my activism, I have my... I'm an artist and I'm doing the things that I want to do. And being faced with these questions also takes away my energy and my capacity to focus on the things that I really want to focus on and that I also want to make a living with, right? So yeah. I think in that sense, you are actively helping transgender and non gender non-conforming people. Yeah, all right, beautiful. So you are also working on this, obviously. You have your activism, you have all the things that you do. Um, and you recently started a podcast Do you care to tell a little bit about that? I would love to. <laughs> yeah, this is a very passion project of mine and I've been working on it since a few months, um, which basically came out of the idea that as a non-binary person, and I never felt like I had representation. I never felt like I had visibility, be it in media, be it in newspaper, be it in movies, be it in podcasts. And then I thought it would be lovely to have a platform where I could share my opinions, where I could talk to people that I think have very valuable insights. And then I thought about, okay, which platforms can I use? And then podcasts came to my mind as being a medium that I think a lot of people enjoy very much, especially now during the lockdown. I think it's also a nice activity to do, to just go on a walk and take your podcast with you and yeah. thereby also like sharing the spirit and sharing also the awareness with many people. And so then this where this idea originated from and my podcast is called Queering the Perspective and um, now available on all podcast streaming platforms. And the idea in the podcast or the concept of it is to look behind all binaries of our societal understanding, which transcends also the gender binary. So the gender binary, of course, is one that is very visible but then you also have racial binaries for example yeah. and you have in general dichotomous understanding of for example like citizen non-citizen good and bad black yeah. and white there's many binaries and this is the way our rational western society functions to classify things as dichotomous one being superior to the other also men and women of course like on a general scale within patriarchal world so Yeah, this is the idea of the podcast, and so far it's been going really great. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I listen, uh, I listen to all your episodes. I'm uh, very excited every time. I it's a bi-weekly, right? You release an episode. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, keep up the good work. I think I love the conversations that you're having. I'm also very happy that you uh, wanted to be in my podcast for this. We're gonna wrap up our conversation. What are your last? Well, normally I ask for tips and tricks, but. Um, <laughs> Let's say, what are your last words? What do you want us to know? What do you want to say to the students that are listening? Um, yeah, what, what's your last message? Empower the trans people in your life. Empower the black trans people in your life. And constantly work towards achieving social justice. And check on your privilege. Um, check what, what you have, what other people might have not been granted, unquestioned. And um, yeah fight the fight together with people don't don't only fight your own fight but think of bigger pictures and what is at stake for other people and that are more marginalized than you are and 
yeah don't do it in like a white savior yeah (laughs) white savior manner of like oh this poor trans person i need to help them out but do it out of basic human dignity and it's not about this is not about you but it's about those people and i think if you can contribute to someone's well-being and in a tiny bit then you have already achieved a whole lot yeah exactly it doesn't have to be huge steps you don't have to start your own i don't know group organizations it it Putting your pronouns on Facebook and Instagram is a really big step already. Right? Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much, Bela. I'm going to put all the information from your podcast and uh, uh, all your socials in the description. So anyone that's listening that wants to hear and know more about Bela, check out the description. Thank you so much for talking to me. And um, I'm looking forward to the next episode of Queering the Perspective. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bibi, for talking to me. It was very much a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Student Life Podcast. Do you know another topic that you feel needs to be discussed? Or is there maybe a challenge in your student life you would like to talk about? Well, don't wait any longer and get in touch with me. You can send an email to info at vankancoaching.com or find Student Life Coaching on Instagram and Facebook. And maybe I will talk to you in the next episode of the Student Life Podcast.